Hi, I'm Kate Boyle, and welcome to the Mind Movement Health Podcast. Each week, I'll be bringing you health information from diet and lifestyle to movement and nutrition. My aim is to bring you bite-sized pieces of information that you can instigate into your everyday life to change your health. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Mind Movement Health Podcast. Now, just quickly, before we get into this episode, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet or left a review, I would be so grateful if you could pop over and do that now. When you subscribe, it tells everybody else that this is a great podcast. Okay, so diving into this week's episode, we are talking about do we need to take supplements? Now, this is a question, being a nutritionist, that I get all the time. So many people ask me, should they take supplements? What supplements should they take? Or should they take specific supplements? Like, should I take magnesium or should I take probiotics or whatever it may be? So it's a constant question that I get, one that I do love to answer. But before we dive in, I want to preface this episode and say that everybody's health is individual. So you need to speak with your own healthcare provider to see if a supplement is right for you. This information is information. It's not specific information for individual use. So please always check with your health practitioner to see if a certain supplement is right for yourself. So supplements, vitamins in general, are a multi-billion dollar industry. They make companies lots and lots of money. And there are many people out there that say we don't need to take any supplements at all. And it really is just a farce. Now, I would like to say that supplements can be really beneficial for many people, but Each body is different, as I said before, so we really need to tailor what we're taking to suit us and our individual needs. Also, not all supplements are created equal. What I'm saying there is many supplements have added fillers in them. They have a vitamin in them, but not in the right form. So you're taking it, but it's not really not really doing a whole lot for your health or your body. So just like our diet and our exercise and our life, we need to individualize it. We need to find really good quality products that are made by companies that hold high standards that aren't adding in synthetic ingredients and fillers and are uh, creating their products in the right form and the right dose. And I think this is where it can be really hard with supplements because how do you know which ones are good? So we're going to go through some vitamins today and some supplements that may be good to take. Again, depends on what you need. And I'll also share the ones that I take too. I have done a lot of research into vitamins, being a nutritionist and recommending them to my clients. You know, I have to really do my research. So I will just recommend some of the ones that I take myself um, or ones that I recommend for my clients to take also. Okay, so we are going to talk about magnesium to start. Now, this is a, you know, mineral that if we're not taking magnesium, 
which is totally fine. Again, it's all individual. But if there's one, you know, supplement that we're going to take, magnesium can be very beneficial. And that's because magnesium is used in just about every process in the body or many, many hundreds of them anyway. It is a very sought after mineral by our body. It's needed for our muscles and nerves to work properly. It's also needed to help keep blood sugar in check and blood pressure and to make protein, bone and DNA. Low levels of magnesium over time can lead to low calcium and potassium levels too, which may affect our muscles and our bone formation or strength of our bones, i.e. developing osteopenia or osteoporosis. So it really is a crucial mineral. It can also help reduce cramping and muscle pain. In my setting in the studio, you know, I'll often get clients that are cramping and, you know, we'll ask if they are taking magnesium, you know, are they hydrated? Um, What's their potassium levels like? So we'll go through that. But magnesium nowadays, we generally, you know, get it through our food. But a lot of the soils nowadays have been depleted of magnesium. So we're not getting as much magnesium in our food as we did 50 years ago. Now, when it comes to food sources of magnesium, the best sources are avocados, bananas, nuts and seeds, dark leafy greens, beans, and legumes. And you may be thinking, well, I eat lots of those foods. I eat leafy greens and bananas and avocados, so I should be getting plenty of magnesium. But as I was saying before, with our soils being depleted, even though we might be eating a lot of those foods, we might not be actually getting the amount of magnesium that we need. So if we're looking for a supplement, it's really good to know what type of magnesium we need for what we're trying to help. So I'm going to go through just a couple of different types of magnesium for certain things that we may want to take it for. So magnesium glycinate is best for helping us sleep. Magnesium sulfate is best for helping our detoxification. Magnesium chloride is fantastic for aches and pains and muscle issues. Magnesium malate helps us improve our energy. Magnesium taurate helps to balance our blood sugar. Magnesium L-thoronate helps with our brain function. And magnesium orotate is great for heart health. Magnesium citrate can be fantastic for helping with constipation. And magnesium bicarbonate is great for digestion. So you can see there, just with those different types of magnesiums, how it affects all areas of the body and is really crucial to be making sure that we get enough. Now, you can find different supplements for those different types of magnesium. So if you are struggling with sleep, look for a magnesium supplement that contains magnesium glycinate. If you're struggling with your blood sugar levels, you know, maybe you're pre-diabetic or a diabetic, and again, you've spoken with your health provider, you know, you may look at magnesium taurate. So look for those specific forms. You might want to write those down, um, you know, and turn over the bottle and have a look to see what it contains because it will affect how it affects your body. Now, I myself use a organic magnesium oil and I use this to help reduce muscle aches and pains. I don't tend to get cramping. Occasionally, I will get almost a cramp. I know then that I'm probably a little bit low in magnesium, potassium, and potentially I'm a little bit dehydrated. Uh, But generally, after I either put a few squirts into a bath or I put it on in the evening after I've had a shower before I go to bed, um, magnesium oil is supposed to help with 
uh, restless leg syndrome as well. I don't get that, but I do have a lot of clients that I've recommended magnesium oil and it has helped with that too. So magnesium oil is fantastic is because it's directly absorbed into the skin. So remember our skin is our biggest organ. So we're absorbing that magnesium directly into the body via our skin. Now, if you're not keen on a magnesium oil and you're not getting any sort of body aches and pains, then you can look at a supplement, one of the ones I just talked about before with those different types of magnesiums. And when you're looking at a supplement, if you can get a powder form, then you're going to absorb the magnesium more quickly and more effectively. So you'll absorb more of the dose that you're taking as well. So keep that in mind if you're thinking, oh, should I take a capsule or should I take, you know, a powder form? Powder is always better, but do remember too, you do have to mix that powder form in with water and drink it down. So if you're not good with that, then maybe a tablet or a capsule form may be better too. Now, the other thing to remember with magnesium is that if you first start taking magnesium and you have some tummy upsets or you end up on the toilet with diarrhea, you have taken too much magnesium. Okay. So often if you're, you know, if you're taking the powder and it says start with one heap teaspoon, you know, in a glass of water, I would usually recommend my clients to start with just a quarter of a teaspoon for the first week, then build up to a half, three quarters, and then move to a full teaspoon. If you start with that full teaspoon and your tummy is not feeling great or you're on the toilets lots, you know that you're having too much too quickly and you've got to pull back and just gradually build it up. Again, also, if you're sort of used to taking magnesium, but then you have a big dose and then you end up on the toilet, you've probably had too much. So keep that in mind. It can't do any harm as such. You know, it will be expelled from the body, but something to remember if you're looking at doses. Uh, I find, you know, magnesium is so beneficial for, you know, so many people um, from all those different things we've been talking about from sleep, detoxification, improving blood sugar balance, energy, uh, and then definitely with my clients, even if they're just suffering from general aches and pains. And they can't pinpoint, you know, exactly what's causing it. Often, if we start them on magnesium, those aches and pains disappear and they feel so much better. So definitely look into either taking a quality magnesium supplement or using a magnesium oil. Okay, moving on from magnesium, the next uh, supplement that I, or mineral that I like to talk about is vitamin D. So vitamin D is one of these ones that flies under the radar, but again, more than half our population in Australia and generally worldwide have insufficient amounts of vitamin D. They're not meeting the minimum requirements, the recommended requirements of vitamin D. So really crucial. Vitamin D helps protect our nervous system. It helps to maintain critical brain functions. Uh, It helps with preventing oxidative damage to the brain. And it also helps our immunity and protecting against respiratory illnesses. Uh, Over the last couple of years, this is something to uh, have kept in mind, um, which we tend to catch more over, you know, those winter periods. So our vitamin D levels, ideally, we're looking for them to be at least 50 or above. I think on the general scale from the doctors, they say you can go from, you know, no less than 30, but really we want to aim for 50 plus. And, you know, the best way to get our vitamin D is from the sun. 
It's not from a food, although you can get it from food, but the ideal way to get vitamin D is actually from the sun. But to get it from the sun, we need to be spending, in if it's sunny, you know, in a summer month, at least 10 to 15 minutes out in the sun with as much of our skin exposed as possible. And then in winter, you're looking for a minimum of sort of 20 to 25 minutes of direct sunlight because the sun isn't as strong. And, you know, if you've only got your face exposed in winter, that's not a whole lot of area to be absorbing that vitamin D. So generally in winter, we tend to find that our vitamin D levels drop and we often fall below that recommended level. So this may be be, I know for us living in Australia, I don't supplement vitamin D in the summer months, but I definitely do in the winter months because we're just not getting enough of that sunlight. And the other thing to remember in those summer months is that if we are wearing sunscreen, which we should be to be, you know, sun smart and, you know, help reduce our risk of uh, skin cancers and melanomas. But if we're wearing sunscreen, we're blocking the vitamin D absorption. So when I talk about getting that that sort of 10 to 15 minutes of direct sunlight, it needs to be without a sunscreen on as well. So in Australia, when it can get to sort of 40 degrees in summer, we need to be trying to get that vitamin D in the morning or later in the day when the UV levels aren't as high so that we're not damaging our skin. So you can see how there's almost that sort of catch-20 that if you're trying to get the sunlight but you don't want to get sunburnt, you know, and that UV damage, that it can make it a little bit harder to get the adequate amount of vitamin D. The other thing is if you have a darker pigment of skin, so, you know, you're more tanned or a browner skin color, it's actually harder for you to absorb vitamin D than it is for somebody that's really quite pale or has a lighter skin color. So another thing to keep in mind, we're all individual and different and our skin color does affect the amount of vitamin D that we can absorb from the sun. So it does mean that if you have a darker skin color, then you need to be in the sun for longer to, you know, really acquire the correct vitamin D levels. So as we were saying before, you can get small amounts of vitamin D from food. Now, the foods that have vitamin D include oily fish like salmon, mackerel and sardines, red meat, liver and egg yolks. And if you're vegetarian or vegan, mushrooms have vitamin D too, but they have, I said that, vitamin D I meant also, but they have the form of vitamin D, which is vitamin D2. Whereas the oily fish, sardines, red meat, liver, and egg yolks have vitamin D3. So in order for our body to use the vitamin D, we've got to convert vitamin D2 from mushrooms to vitamin D3. So even though mushrooms is a source of vitamin D, it's not as good a source as the red meat and oily fish and the eggs. So keep that in mind. If you're vegan, it may be a supplement to look at and speak about with your doctor. Now, the other thing that if you are lacking vitamin D, there have been many studies to show now that vitamin D insufficiency is linked to a cognitive decline and in some cases dementia for adults. So this study included, it did a review of nine studies which involved over 69,000 people with the average age of 53.6 years and it found that individuals with vitamin D deficiency or insufficiency had reduced executive function, 
processing speed, and visual perceptual ability. So they had issues with their brain function. What's more, five of the studies linked vitamin D deficiency to an increased risk of dementia. So lots of research coming through that we really need vitamin D for our brain health. On top of that, we need vitamin D to help produce strong, healthy bones. So to help that calcium absorption, we really need vitamin D. So That's where supplementation, if we're in winter and we can't get our sunlight or we know we're just not going to get enough from our food because food alone is not going to give us enough, that's where supplementation can come in. Now, again, when it comes to supplementation, there's a few different forms. You can get vitamin D in a liquid or a spray liquid form, or you can also get it in a tablet. Now, again, liquid is more easily absorbed than a tablet form. So if you can, you know, Take the liquid. We have two types. You know, in our household, we take one that's a spray. So I'll just spray it on my tongue. Usually, you want to have vitamin D when you're eating some type of fatty meal or a meal that contains fat because it is a fat soluble vitamin. So for me in the morning, when I'm having a piece of sourdough toast, you know, with butter on it for that fat, or even at lunchtime, if I'm having avocado on that, I will have a spray of my vitamin D mid-meal just to help that absorption. Um, You can also get a liquid where you just sort of pop it onto your hand and you can lick it off your hand. It's more sort of a dropper form, or you can take a tablet form. But again, you won't absorb as much of the vitamin D from the tablet as you will from the liquid. So if you can, I'll for the liquid. And if you are opting for a tablet, do look that again, that it's a quality company, that it doesn't have any synthetic ingredients and added fillers. So it really just is pure vitamin D. Hi, everyone. I'm interrupting this podcast to let you know that you can download a free 15-minute core Pilates workout that I've designed especially for you to work your entire body and your core, including your pelvic floor and deep layer of abdominals to really build strength, stability, and mobility. This is a nice quick workout you can fit into your day. It's definitely 100% doable. You don't need any equipment to do it. And I guarantee once you finish your 15 minutes of Pilates, you will feel stronger, more energized, taller, and really joyful and happy for moving your body and getting those endorphins moving. So don't forget, head on over to the show notes and download that free core workout and try some Pilates with me. I can't wait to see you on your mat. All right, moving on to another favorite vitamin of mine, and that is vitamin C. Now, vitamin C is an essential vitamin, which means we can't produce it ourselves in our body. We need to be ingesting it or taking it in some form in order to obtain it. Now, vitamin C has many important functions in the body, including keeping our skin, bones, and connective tissue really healthy. So vitamin C is a precursor to making collagen. So I'll go into collagen a little bit more. Collagen is the protein that we have, you know, mainly in our skin. It's a matrix that helps to keep our connective tissue and our skin nice and supple and bouncing back and healthy. Okay. But as we age, we have a reduction in collagen. It's just a natural process. Our body doesn't tend to produce as much. That's why we tend to get wrinkles. Uh, We tend to have muscles that don't contract quite as strongly or as well. 
because collagen is dropping. So in recent years, the supplement itself, collagen, has become really popular to take to try to help keep you know connective tissue strong, keep our skin looking supple and bouncing back. But in order for our body to continue to make collagen, because it does still make collagen as we get older, we need vitamin C in order to do that. So again, another process that vitamin C is crucial for. On top of that, vitamin C helps you absorb iron. It's an antioxidant that can help strengthen the body's immune response and protect against free radicals that promote aging and disease. So we all know that when it comes, you know, towards that winter season, people are like, oh, you're taking your vitamin C, you know, boost your immunity. And that's because, you know, vitamin C can be really protective to our immune system and help fight against free radicals. So Definitely, you know, if you're thinking about vitamin C, you know, where can you get it in your diet? So we always remember, first and foremost, we want to be trying to get these vitamins and minerals from our diet and not relying on supplements. Because in the forms that we get it in food, it's more easily absorbed. So the best sources of vitamin C are strawberries, blueberries, so our nice, our berries, our cruciferous vegetables, so things like broccoli and cauliflower and rocket, you know, and cabbage, these nice cruciferous veggies, um, leafy greens, your citrus fruits. So everybody's, you know, it seems to be famous that everybody always knows that you'll get vitamin C from oranges and lemons and things, but they're not the highest amount. And then also oatmeal, um, bell peppers or capsicums for us in Australia tomatoes and potatoes and the gold standard so the foods that are the highest in vitamin c are acerola cherries and kamu kamu berries which are not easily obtainable for everybody around the world i know in australia they're not easy to come by Um, but again if you can take a supplement form you want to look for a whole food supplement form so what that means is when they make a vitamin C supplement, they can make it from ascorbic acid, which is a synthetic form of vitamin C, or they can make it from sourcing it from a whole food. And most often it's sourced from acerola cherries and kamu kamu berries because they're so high in vitamin C. So if you are looking for a vitamin C supplement, try to find a vitamin C supplement that's been made from the whole food source like the acerola cherries or the kamu kamu berries. Now, I myself take a vitamin C supplement. I take one made by Paleo Valley, which is made from the acerola cherries and the kamu kamu berries. I'll link that up in the show notes if you want to check them out. I have a special discount code too if you do want to um, grab any vitamin C through them. So check that out in the show notes. But studies have shown that we absorb whole food vitamin C, so that's sourced naturally from food, more easily and at higher amounts than the synthetic version, the ascorbic acid of vitamin C. So we actually absorb more when we're getting these whole food versions. And again, You might be looking and going, yeah, I eat plenty of that food, but in winter, you know, if you want to just boot that, boost that immunity that little bit more and really make sure that you are getting enough vitamin C every day, then looking at a supplement form can be really beneficial. And again, some of those foods in winter aren't as readily accessible. We can definitely get our cruciferous veggies, but if you know that you're not eating those every day and you can't, you don't have access to berries and citrus fruits and that then again, you may be thinking, I want to take a supplement and definitely check out a whole food source like the Paleo Valley that I take myself. 
Okay, moving on to the next one, and that is probiotics. Now, this is often hotly debated to take a probiotic or not. Is it a waste of money or does it actually do anything? Again, I'll start by saying that everybody is different and some people that will take a probiotic, it probably won't do a lot for them. And again, depends on which probiotic you're taking and what strains of bacteria you already have in your body. If you want some more information on probiotics, definitely go back and listen to the episode I did on pre and probiotics and fiber. We'll link that up in the show notes for you. Uh, But probiotics in general can be really beneficial for your gut health. So it's promoting the growth of more beneficial bacteria. It can help you if you're suffering from things like IBS, bloating, diarrhea, or even constipation. Or if you've had a course of antibiotics, then the probiotics will help to repopulate the good bacteria in the gut. Now, I definitely recommend that if you have had a course of probiotics, sorry, a course of antibiotics, that you follow up that course of antibiotics with a probiotic. So a five-day course of antibiotic will take the gut six months to repopulate the gut bacteria and recover. So if you can help that recovery with a probiotic, it's going to recover a lot more quickly. So definitely if you've had antibiotics, explore taking a probiotic. But not all probiotics, like everything else, are created equal. So if you're looking for a probiotic, the two most important groups of bacteria to look for in your probiotic is lactobacilli and bifidobacteria. So most probiotic supplements contain multiple different strains of bacteria as each strain of bacteria has a different function. But if you can find a probiotic that has these two main strains with at least 50 billion CFUs of them, then you're in a really good place, okay? You're you're picking a good probiotic to start with. Also, you want to make sure that the probiotic has an enteric coating to protect the bacteria from being destroyed by your stomach acid. So that's also important as well, because if you spend a lot of money on buying a probiotic and then it doesn't have that protective coating, then it's going to be destroyed by your gut acid before you've even had chance to, you know, absorb it and help out. So definitely, you know, if you're in America, there's a great probiotic called Visobiome that has eight different strains of bacteria and has been clinically proven to be beneficial for IBS, uh, gut dysbiosis, inflammatory bowel disease, and other gut-based conditions. And as always, and as the studies show, a probiotic is most effective when it's used in conjunction with dietary change. So If we're going to take a probiotic, we need to make sure that we're having plenty of fiber in our diet and that we're also including pre and probiotic foods to help that probiotic as well. Remember, like everything, the probiotic isn't magic. So if you have a diet that's, you know, high, it's quite inflammatory in the sense that it's high with processed foods, not a lot of fruits and veggies and nuts and seeds and things, then a probiotic isn't going to be magic and flip your gut you know, health around. We need to be really supporting our gut first and foremost with our diet. So looking for our high fiber foods, so lots of fruits, veggies, nuts and grains, whole grains, really filling up on those types of foods and then adding in our pre and probiotic foods as well. 
Okay, moving on to the next one, and this is turmeric. So this is another, you know, supplement that's been quite popular in the last number of years because, you know, a lot of studies have shown that the active ingredient ingredient in turmeric, which is curcumin, it's a nat- natural anti-inflammatory and therefore it's helpful with joint pain. So if you are suffering from osteoarthritis, you know, general degeneration and joint pain, um, even muscle aches and pains, then turmeric can be really helpful or curcumin. So studies have also shown that curcumin is beneficial for heart health, it's immune regulatory and has anti-cancer and neuroprotective effects. So can help protect our brain and reduce our risk of cancer. Um, it's become really quite popular and a lot of my clients take it and a few clients that I've suggested taking it have started taking it and within sort of two weeks, two to three weeks, they've really noticed a difference. And if they stop taking it, then they notice a difference straight away. So, and that's with clients that I've recommended it to in their thirties, um, right through to their seventies. So it can be a really beneficial, um, supplement to take. Now, turmeric itself is a root and a spice, and it's often used in Indian cooking. So you can definitely include turmeric in your curries and stir fries, um, and I even have a client, she puts it in her smoothies in the morning for breakfast. But as the active ingredient of turmeric is curcumin, this is what provides you know all the benefits. It only makes up 3% of the turmeric itself. So the curcumin that's in the turmeric is only 3% of the turmeric. So many people will opt to take the supplement because they can get a high dose of the curcumin and not have to eat really high doses of turmeric to get the same amount. So, you know, that is the benefit of taking a curcumin supplement is that you are going to get straight curcumin and get a nice high hit, then if you were eating turmeric, you'd have to eat a lot to get that same amount. Uh, When you're looking for a supplement, look for a supplement that contains black pepper as black pepper can increase the absorption of curcumin by up to 2,000%. So that is, you know, really high. If you're looking for the best absorption rates, look for a turmeric or a curcumin that has black pepper. Now, again, I myself take the Paleo Valley's turmeric complex, um, which again, I'll link in the show notes if anybody wants to check that out. And there is a discount code. Um, And it's made from an organic turmeric with no fillers. It has black pepper for absorption, as well as other compounds like rosemary and ginger and coconut oil, which help improve absorption. So, you know, looking for a really good quality supplement, if you're going to take it, definitely include it in your diet. I still use it in my curries and stuff like that. But just to make sure that, you know, I'm really getting that high dose, then I add in a supplement as well. The other thing to remember with curcumin is that it is fat soluble. So you want to be taking your supplement with a meal that contains fat. So I take my um, turmeric, you know, curcumin supplement at dinner time when I know that I'm having a meal that is definitely containing more fat. So you can have it at lunchtime, you can have it at breakfast, depends on what you're eating. Um, But, you know, definitely look to include it when you're eating a meal that contains fat for better absorption. 
Okay, we're getting to the tail end of the list now, but these next few are ones that I just want to highlight that are important to look to take at certain times of our lives. So that first one is folate. Now, folate is a really important nutrient during pregnancy as it prevents neurotube defects like spina bifida. So supplementing with folate prior to conception and then during that sort of first trimester before the neuro tube closes can be really beneficial for preventing neural tube defects. Now, neurotube defects aren't as common today as what they used to be in the sort of, you know, before the 80s when they started supplementing our foods and fortifying our foods with folate, but it's still important to be aware of. So nowadays you'll find many of our foods fortified with folate. So things like bread and breakfast cereals and crackers, they've been fortified with folate to help reduce the risks of these neural tube defects in babies. So again, something to keep in mind. I know prior to the conception of my girls, I definitely took folate in the lead up, you know, when we're thinking about conceiving and then when I was pregnant as well. So, um, you know, one of those things, if you, you can't eat too much folate, you will just excrete it if you have too much. But, you know, if you're in the off chance that you're thinking, you know, you might not get enough, then definitely supplementing is a great option. All right, moving on. Vitamin B12. Now I highlight vitamin B12 because it's you know, super vital for helping to keep your body's blood and nerve cells healthy, helps to make DNA, the genetic material of all of ourselves, and it also helps prevent megoblastic anemia. So a blood condition that makes people feel really tired and weak and is a form of iron deficiency or anemia. Now, we get vitamin B12 from animal sources, from eggs, meat, liver, fish, shellfish, dairy, and fortified products. So mainly if you are consuming a vegan diet, you know, or even a vegetarian diet, then definitely, you know, the next time you get a blood test done at your doctor's, you know, check your vitamin B12 levels because you may be deficient. So if you're following one of those diets, definitely get it checked out. That's why I highlight vitamin B12 because there's many people in the population that don't realize that they're deficient and maybe they are feeling, you know, tired and really low in energy and they can't work it out. And it may be be a vitamin B12 deficiency. So again, you can supplement with vitamin B12. If you get really low, you can actually get an injection at your doctor's. Okay. So looking to these if you need, but just another, you know, vitamin to be aware of. And then finally, I want to talk about omega-3s. So omega-3s have been studied for many years. There are so many studies that show omega-3s are great for our brain health, our heart health, you know, helping to reduce our risk of cancer, heart disease, and stroke. It can also help with reducing cognitive decline, reduce inflammation in the body, and so therefore it's great for osteoarthritis or joint pain. So lots and lots of benefits. Um, you know, the main sort of mainstream health organizations recommend that healthy adults are consuming at least 250 to 500 milligrams of EPA and DHA per day. And EPA and DHA are forms of omega-3 acids. Um, and you can reach that amount by eating about two servings of fatty fish per week. So, you know, you might be like, oh, I don't eat a lot of fish or shellfish, which is totally fine. 
But if you can have two servings a week of a fatty fish, then you'll be meeting that basic requirement of that 250 to 500 of your EPA and DHA okay, per day over that week. So, you know, again, food sources are best. The best sources for our omega-3s are our oily fish like salmons and sardines and mackerel, uh, cod liver oil. I don't take cod liver oil myself. I had taken a, a vitamin, uh, an omega-3 oil um, when I was pregnant with my girls um, that was peppermint flavored <laughs> to try to help overcome that fish oil taste. Again, just so that I was being as healthy as I could um, you know, during pregnancy. I don't take an omega-3 um, currently right now. But I'm taking the, um, you know, turmeric for my anti-inflammatory. Um, and I eat at least two servings of fish a week, if not, you know, get some of these other um, sources that I'm going to talk into too. So we can also get lower amounts of omega-3s from our eggs and our grass-fed beef. So you can get uh, eggs that, you know, will sort of advertise that they're higher in omega-3s. Um, in our household, um, you know, we only eat um, free-range and organic meat. And definitely I source our grass-fed beef from the farmer's market. There's a, um, a fantastic company just located in Gippsland that's not too far from us. So I know we're getting plenty of sources from our weekly fish and then grass-fed beef and eggs as well. You can also get omega-3s, if you're vegetarian and vegan, and for everybody, from chia seeds and flax seeds. But what we want to remember about these is that these plant sources contain the ALA source of omega-3 and not the EPA or the DHA. And the EPA and the DHA is what we really need out of our omega-3s. They're more highly absorbable and more easily used by the body. The ALA form needs to be converted by the body before it can be used. And we absorb more of the EPA and DHA than what we do of the ALA. So you need to eat quite a few chia seeds and flax seeds to be obtaining that ALA also. Now, when it comes to supplements, many of the fish oil supplements out there will say that they contain 1,000 milligrams of fish oil. That's how they're advertised. But most of them only have about, if it's a thousand milligrams, they only have about 320 milligrams of EPA. So yes, they may contain an omega-3 of a thousand milligrams, but the real good bit that you actually want, the EPA, it'll only actually be 320 milligrams. So you need to really look again at your fish oil supplements, at your omega-3 supplements, and make sure that there are, you know, a whole food source. The other thing with fish oil is many of them can go rancid and you don't actually know they're rancid because they're in a capsule form. So the smell and everything is contained. So if you are buying a brand or say you've had, you know, uh, a box of them for quite a while, cutting a tablet open or a capsule open and then smelling the oil to see if it's gone rancid is a good place to start. If it has, chuck them out. Okay. If it's past its use by date, chuck it out because it's more than likely going to be rancid um, and you don't want to be taking that because it's not good for the body. So look for a really good quality brand, look for a high quality manufacturing process uh, and make sure that there's higher levels of the EPA and DHA in your supplement form. And that's probably, you know, kind of about it with that. So generally overall, you know, I take a vitamin D in winter. I take my vitamin C and my turmeric pretty much all year round. I take my magnesium oil, you know, as a spray. And 
they're pretty much the main ones. I will cycle in and around a probiotic depending on how my gut is feeling. You know, it's very rare that I have a course of probiotics, but if I do, I will definitely have one. Um, So I don't take a probiotic constantly, but I definitely will cycle it in and out depending on how I'm feeling. Um, And if I'm feeling that I'm getting enough sort of pre and probiotic foods at my diet at that time, or if I'm having some digestive issues. So I know previously, you know, last year I shared with you guys that I was having some tummy upsets and, you know, had some ultrasounds and stuff done and everything was kind of coming back clear. And I knew that there was something that I wasn't digesting well and it ended up being cheese. So I took cheese out of my diet and I started to take a probiotic because I know I'd been eating a food that was irritating my gut, which would have been affecting the absorption of the other nutrients from my diet. And so I really just wanted to, you know, really give my gut health a bit of a boost. And so I cycled in a probiotic for about a series of six months. So, you know, these types of, when you're looking at supplements, they don't need to be hard and fast. If you take one, it doesn't need to be forever. It doesn't need to be all the time. You know, consistency is key with things like turmeric and that you'll notice that if you stop taking it, you may notice that some of your joint pain starts to come back, but things like, you know, your probiotic and potentially, you know, your vitamin D for winter and vitamin C to ward of colds, you don't have to take them all the time. You can cycle them in and out. And then finally, remember, you know, it's all great to know about supplements, but we want to get our nutrients from our food. And first and foremost, you know, really start with your diet, really dial in your diet, and then your supplements are just going to enhance, you know, your health from your diet. So when we're looking for a supplement, we really want to make sure that we're getting the right source of the vitamin or the mineral. So as I was sort of saying with magnesium, really important to look at the type of magnesium you're taking for what you would like to take it for, because not all of them are created equal. Uh, Make sure that you are taking a supplement from a company that doesn't contain synthetic additives or fillers or extra chemicals and where possible, choose a whole form of the vitamin or mineral rather than the synthetic synthetic chemicals like vitamin C because it just isn't absorbed as easily. Um, You know, and if you guys are interested, again, in any of the the ones that I take, um, I'll link them up in the show notes um, with a discount code that I have too. Uh, I'm, you know, like everything that I share on this podcast, I would never promote anybody that is lacking integrity or not a good, you know, company. And I only promote the ones that I take myself or that I recommend to my clients. So um, if you have any questions about that, just um, reach out and let me know too. Otherwise, I hope you guys have a fantastic week and I'll see you again next week on the podcast. Thanks for listening into the podcast. Please hit subscribe to be updated for each time we release a new podcast.